0: The truth is, I'm not sure where to start. This is a story that's still writing itself. A story that's haunted me for the last 12 years, that's haunted all of us. My family and those close to me who, unexpectedly, became part of this story. I must go back in time, not just to 2008, when the experience began for me but earlier much earlier, back to the 1980's, to a tiny peaceful little town in Guanajuato, home to my grandmother and my maternal family. My grandmother was always close to the priests of the town and was one of those women who spent their time in the church, helping, giving what little she had to others. After her children finished school, and she found herself living on her own, She donated everything she had to the poorest people in the town and lived only on my grandfather's pension. Once, while teaching catechism to a group of girls, an agitated young man arrived on a donkey, seeking the priest, desperately asking for help. Seeing that poor man so desperate and exhausted, my grandmother hurried to find the priest, thinking it was an accident and someone needing last rites along the way. She asked the girls to attend to him and give him water while she searched. Out in the back of the church, she glanced toward the hill where the priest often went to be alone, to pray. As she walked the path, she noticed a woman dressed in black in the horizon. Her hair was long, white, flowing in the wind across her face. My grandmother couldn't see her face but she knew she wasn't from the town. Despite a strange fear this woman provoked, my grandmother continued up the path, walking towards her. She was slowly approaching this woman, who remained still despite the strong wind that brought dark clouds, foretelling a storm. Suddenly, my grandmother heard her name being shouted and turned to see the young priest with the Catechism girls. So. She turned around and headed back down the path as best as she could with her bad knees the girls ran to help her who is that woman asked the priest still fixated on the figure atop the hill i have no idea father replied my grandmother the figure seemed ghostly so the priest blessed her making the sign of the cross and the woman disappeared into the horizon My grandmother led the priest to the poor peasant who had arrived earlier. He said that when he asked for help from his town's priest, he was denied and began going from village to village seeking the urgent aid needed back in his community, but no one wanted to help. He confided in the priest privately, and an hour later he was told to step out while the priest made a call. When the priest emerged, he announced he couldn't help either, expressing regret but claiming inability. He suggested calling the police but the peasant cried, saying there was no police in his community, that there was nothing left, no hope. He took his donkey and left, starting the journey to the next village. From the church's entrance the priest shouted for him to return home, that no one would help him, that they wouldn't allow it. But the young man continued disregarding the warnings. My grandmother, as best she could ran with her bad knees to catch up with him. The poor donkey could barely move, so it wasn't hard to catch up. Young man, what's wrong? What do you need so much help with? I can't tell you, ma'am. Forgive me. I have to keep going. I have to get help. Whatever it is, you can tell me, son. Let me help you. My grandmother had no idea why she said that. She didn't know what was happening but something in her heart made her speak these words with the greatest certainty she had ever said anything in her life. For the love of God, son, with Jesus as my witness, I will help you, she said, and the young man stopped. Maybe if you see it, they'll believe you. Maybe they'll listen to you. Please come to my village with me. My grandmother nodded, but refused to ride the poor donkey. They approached the church where my grandmother asked the priest to take care of the poor animal. She would accompany the peasant to his village on foot if necessary. But the priest lent them his small truck and gave his blessing for their journey. They embarked on the road to the young man's village, a town with just a few houses, their plots extending to the hills. The sky remained dark, and though it was barely 6 p.m., nightfall was imminent. At any moment, my grandmother said she felt as if it would darken forever. They arrived at the village, and the young man asked her to keep going, pointing to a small path. That's my house, but the truck won't make it up there. They left the vehicle when it could go no further. Then, he helped my grandmother ascend a few hundred meters more until they turned a corner on the path, and the village disappeared from view below. My grandmother was overwhelmed by a feeling of loneliness. It was very strange for her, as since my grandfather's death, she had always felt accompanied by him and by God, but there, she didn't feel it anymore. At the end of the path, she noticed a small wooden house, lit dimly by a bare bulb at the door. We've arrived, ma'am. Come. They reached the house. And when they opened the door they found an elderly lady lying on the floor grandma he said it's me i'm back they helped her up between the two of them and the lady could barely ask if they had brought help yes grandma this lady will help us she'll see that what we say is true and will help us convince a priest to come you'll see where's my sister we must see her she has run off on me again i couldn't stop her but you know where she'll be. There, in the graveyard. The young man rushed out, worried, and my grandmother, as best as she could, hurried after him. They ascended a few hundred meters more to the cemetery. Before reaching it, my grandmother heard a woman scream. She initially thought it was the girl they were talking about, but then she heard a second scream and a third voice. Suddenly, it seemed like there was a group of women up there filling the echo with synchronized screams that formed a kind of eerie chant. She managed to see the cemetery and the young man rushing inside. And a few meters ahead, a naked young woman was digging into the ground like a wild animal, digging a grave. The young man somehow controlled her, held her hands. My grandmother wanted to keep walking, to help, but she couldn't. Something had pinned her to the ground, She couldn't utter a word, she couldn't pray for some reason, but she saw how the young man carried the woman and hurried out of that old cemetery. When he reached my grandmother, the young woman seemed unconscious. Come on ma'am, we shouldn't stay here, he said. The screams continued in the distance, and my grandmother had to ask, Who's shouting, young man, who are those women? Leave them ma'am, please come, he said turning to look back at the cemetery. Walk, ma'am. Please walk and for heaven's sake, don't turn around. So my grandmother walked alongside the young man, helping to support the unconscious woman, but those screams behind seemed to draw closer. It felt like they were just a few meters away, walking right behind them. My grandmother couldn't pray. The words wouldn't come. She couldn't think of any prayers and at some point, at some point, she gathered enough strength to finally do it, in a very soft voice. Somehow, it was enough for those voices to start fading away. They arrived at the little house where the old lady came out to greet them and together they placed the girl on a bed. Then, my grandmother watched in terror as between that young man and his grandmother, They tied the girl to the bed. What's wrong? Who are those women in the cemetery? They're witches, said the young man's grandmother. I've lived here since I was a girl, and they come down two or three times a year. But now, now they come every day. Since the girl fell ill, they want to impregnate her. They take her at night for the devil to impregnate her. And my girl gets worse each time. She doesn't seem like herself anymore. It's like other people speaking inside her, but we don't know how to help her. The house's dog started barking outside, and my grandmother looked out the window. Standing on the path, about forty meters from the house, was that woman in black and white hair, the same one she had seen yesterday by the church. She wants to take her, said the young man, rushing out to shout obscenities at this woman. The next part of the story becomes somewhat confusing because we know little of the ritual and because various uncles have different versions. What we all agree on in the stories we know is that the next morning, my grandmother returned to the town, asserting that she had seen things that made her certain The poor girl really needed an exorcism ritual, but no one listened to her. They ignored her as much as they did the poor peasant boy until the young priest from the church gave her a name and an address. She had to go to Guanajuato and find Father Lucas there. A few days later she succeeded, with the help of one of my aunts who took her, and they found an old Italian man who seemed anything but a priest. His house was more of an art studio, and he explained that he had left the church more than three decades ago, fleeing Europe, where he had lived his whole life. Now he lived peacefully in Guanajuato, painting pictures that no one bought. But that didn't matter. He lived peacefully. He was happy. But destiny always catches up with us, he said. My grandmother explained what was happening, and the man apologized saying his heart was on its last legs, he wouldn't be of much help. He wouldn't last more than a few hours in a ritual like that. In the end, my body would just add to the problem, he said. He then told them his story, what he used to do. Before his retirement, he was one of the last exorcists who participated in more than 15 rituals. He claimed to have had seen Lucifer in the eyes Opening a locked wooden box, he took out a crucifix. This is the most powerful weapon I had in my career, he said. This is a crucifix used in exorcisms for generations, for hundreds of years. At some point, my mentor gave it to me, but I had no one to give it to. Saying this, he handed it to my grandmother. Whatever you do, Whatever happens, never destroy it. Take it, because you'll need it. But know if you take it, you must care for it forever. That was the last time they saw Father Lucas, who never got to explain what this powerful crucifix could do. Later, my grandmother, with that crucifix in hand, And alongside the young priest from her church without actually performing an exorcism per se visited that small house every night until the girl returned to herself she never wanted to describe what they did it was a secret she would take to her grave but she did ask my mother that when she died she would keep that crucifix forever no matter what happened she implored my mother was not to leave it in my grandmother's house in guanajuato when she passed away a house that she eventually donated to the church to make an orphanage. My grandmother was almost 90 years old when she died, on July 16th, 2008. We went to bury her, and days later, we returned home. My mother had that wooden box in her hands, just as my grandmother had asked. When we entered the house, all the light bulbs flickered at once, then burst. We should have guessed what was coming. We should have seen the sign of the darkness looming over us, the time of darkness approaching.